0: Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast Royal Ascot Day 2 Preview. My name is Tom Collins and I'm again joined by SBK Betting Podcast regular Ross Miller for Episode 2 of this mini-series. The first episode was fantastic. We didn't get many winners, but the nap went in Karibas. Hopefully this episode will get plenty of winners. It's going to be a slightly longer episode where we review a couple of races from Day 1 and give some tips for Day 2. Ross, Day 1. Bayeed, really impressive. Caribous clung on the St. James's Palace. Nature Strip demolished them in the King's Stand. What was your personal highlight
1: uh, nature strip was, was was the highlight um just monstrous performance uh big powerful proper australian sprinter and royal ascot not had the crowds i think for a first day it's had everything holly Doyle winning nature strip from australia winning it, it does stamp itself as the international festival and i think we've got uh, plenty of days to look forward to now
0: yeah, nature strip was phenomenal, wasn't he? Um, probably a career best performance. I'm guessing around 130, 129, 130 RPR for that. And I don't know if Golden Power would have contested the finish. Probably not. But the race was a bit of an anticlimax because he completely missed the start. Were you a bit disappointed for from that perspective that Golden Power didn't really show his best?
1: Yeah, because it it allows people to sort of knock the performance to a degree and i and i i just think i tweeted in that in our group it had taken pegasus to beat him and he was just monstrous and and he saw the trip out very well and i think that was one thing we all thought was would golden pal see it out well um having blown the start there was he had no chance whatsoever so yeah it's it's a shame that there's just a little thing to taint the performance from a nature strip but uh, yeah I, i was really five furlong sprints are not my thing and i was blown away so uh, it's it's nearly converting me tc
0: yeah it's hard not to love that effort from nature strip and good for the aussies to get a winner on the board they were very confident i love the saint james's palace i thought it was the race of the day there was eight horses split by three lengths five horses split by three quarters of a length favorite backers rejoiced with caribis winning but maljun god what an effort to finish uh, just outside the frame in fourth his final furlong was rapid just so unlucky didn't get the splits that day but keep Mel Jum in your tracker because I think he's going to progress into a really nice sort. Now from, uh, those races to the King stand, which we have touched on briefly, but we're going to get more involved into now nature strip, the winner golden power, disappointed aside from those two Ross, or maybe you want to talk about nature strip even more, but what did you think of that race in general?
1: I, I just thought it showed that the confidence they had was, was, was very well placed. I mean, the winning margin was huge. Um, you feel a bit sorry for james mcdonald's actually got to get off him on uh, saturday if he turns out again um I, i'd be loath to get off him i'd be doing everything i could to stay on him because he saw it out so well it's hard to fathom how anything can can get close to him um i was pleased to see twilight calls run a solid race um but he was at no point did i think oh I, I might have a squeak here you know it was it was just a one horse race so it shows that He's some, some way clear of, of, of anything we've got by, by a long way, because Twilight calls, you know, I, I, I could see an argument for him, but he, he's not like he's winning all our sprints over here. You know, he's, a, he's one of a few that can run to a decent level and he was thoroughly thumped. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a really good performance and, and possibly the, the draw bias is not what we're expecting. You know, um, Stan's side didn't seem to be, to be helping anyone.
0: No, not at all. I think the horses drawn low are the ones to focus on tomorrow and day two. Good selection with Twilight Calls, I have to say. He ran much better than I thought he was going to. He finished second. Third was at Clam Express, 200 to 1. He ran a screamer for Nigel Tinkler. Worth uh, putting that horse in the tracker as well for future engagements. That was a very tough task for him today, but he ran in lights out to finish third. Let's move on to Wednesday, Ross. Uh, The featured event is the Group 1 Prince of Wales Stakes at 340. Excellent event. We haven't got the quantity, but we have got the quality. Grand Glory is the lowest-rated runner in the field, but he's won the Group One Prix Jean Romanet. You've got Lord North in there, a three-time Group One winner. You've got plenty of talent. I'm not going to touch on our main selection because I'm sure you're going to mention him, Mister Bay Bridge. Yeah,
1: for for me, up until this week, his win at Sandown last time was was the, the standout performance that I'd seen this year. Um, I loved everything about him. I'm a big fan of horses that that relax I mean partly because I'm around them all the time and the ones that don't relax are actually quite hard work but so relaxation in a a horse always endears it to me and then just the way he quickened up and galloped through the line it just really liked the performance um and I I think he's going to take all the beats tomorrow my one sort of concern is where's the pace going to come from in the race um everything i can see wants to get a bit of a lead um i wonder whether the japanese horse under christine and demuro second in the shima classic over 14 furlongs whether they perhaps try and make use of his stamina and and give a bit of a toe but i could see a scenario where perhaps ryan moore makes his own own running which would perhaps throw a bit of a question mark into it but i i think he's still massively progressive and i i think he'll take all the beating tomorrow
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I'm with Baybridge as well. He's rated 121, somehow the top rated horse in the field, despite the fact he's the only horse that hasn't won a Group 1 level. As I mentioned, you've got Lord North, three-time Group 1 winner, State of Rest, three-time Group 1 winner, Grand Glory, one-time Group 1 winner, and the Japanese challenger who you've just touched on, Ross, Shariar, two-time Group 1 winner, won the Japanese derby, and definitely the most intriguing runner in the field. But Baybridge is the horse that has the potential. He has the ability to progress into the best middle distance horse, older horse, that we have in this country i'm really hopeful that he justifies a short price who is the biggest danger to baybridge
1: i i could see lord north actually running a running a big race he's he's solid i think he can perhaps have a bit of tactical speed but truthfully i don't really see a a legitimate danger i i, I think it perhaps won't be like the King stand such a wide margin but i think you're probably looking for something to chase uh, baybridge home
0: We'll definitely be celebrating if that's the case. Maybe he wins by a wide margin. One race that probably won't be decided by... Well, two races that won't be decided by wide margins are the two handicaps that we've got tomorrow. What horse stands out to you in either of those races?
1: Uh, Kensington Palace, I like far to say. Um, He's been really progressive. He only made his race course debut a year ago. Ran a really good race last time. Now up to a mark of 95. But the horse he's beaten is 95. And he beat him quite comfortably. Uh, I think the track or suit. George Markson is a, is a trainer I always like. You know, he often has big price runner at Royal Ascot. They generally outrun their odds. Um, and so, yeah, I thought he was an intriguing horse, still on the up uh, for Frankel's old jockey,
0: Tom Queeley. Yeah, far too shy, 14 to 1 with SVK. I like the look of two horses in the Royal Hunt Cup. Astro King being one, who finished second in the race last year. Extremely unlucky. He was a talking horse that day, was sent off 11-2 to favourite, finished second to Real World, who actually ran a screamer this afternoon behind Bayeed. Um, He was drawn on the wrong side of the track and just had traffic. Finished a good second, though. Four pounds higher this time around, but they've used the same prep. Went to Thirsk the other day, got given a poor ride, uh, but it was clearly a prep for this race, and I think he'll go close. The other is Intelligent for Jane Chapelheim. This horse we don't know too much about, but he was a Group 1 winner back in France before he moved over here. He's only had two starts for Jane Chapelheim and has caught the eye on both occasions. Both of the horses are drawn low, so that's what I'm pinning my hopes to, and hopefully we can get a a couple of handicap winners on the board right there. I imagine Far Too Shy and my two handicap prospects aren't our NAPA next best, Ross. Who is your NAPA next best? Uh,
1: So my Nap is Baybridge. I'm uh, sticking with him. I think he was really impressive last time. As we said in the podcast last week, Michael Stout trains his horses to to develop through the season. So I'm very hopeful there's still plenty more to come. Ryan Moore on board. He'll do for me. And then the next best, uh, I'm sticking with the the two-year-olds, Persian Force. Ran a blinder today, but couldn't quite get it done. But I really like the Andrew Balding-trained Chateau. Um, He has suffered no luck in running twice. Firstly, at Salisbury on debut, where he had to wait for a gap and got going quite late. And then the same thing happened at Beverly last time, but he still got up to win. I think if he can get finally a bit of luck in running, we have not seen the best of him. Stiff finish or suit. William Buick going for that leading rider title. I think uh, he's got a strong chance in the Windsor Castle.
0: Yeah, Bay Bridge is 11 to 8 with SBK. Chateau is 9 to 1. Are you tipping Chateau because you're currently filming from a chateau?
1: I'm currently filming from a chateau in South France and you might be able to see the sweats pouring out me. It's, it's, it's very warm here today, which is lovely, but it's not all it's cracked up to be sometimes.
0: <laughs> I'm very jealous, I have to say. Um, my nap is also Bay Bridge. It's going to be a phenomenal uh, episode three of this podcast. If Bay Bridge wins tomorrow on Wednesday, um, I think he's got a great chance. For all the reasons we both previously stated in this pod. My next best is Anchorage. He runs in the 305 for Aidan O'Brien. In the Queen's Vase. this is. A race that Aidan O'Brien has dominated over the last 15 years. He's won it on seven occasions. In those eight occasions, he didn't win. Four times, he's trained the runner-up. This is a race he targets with his up-and-coming stayers. I think Anchorage is just that. We're yet to see him over this kind of trip. He was last seen over one mile, two furlongs. Now steps up four furlongs to one mile, six. But his pedigree suggests it will suit, as does his running style. And I liked how he shaped at the car last time out. Now for new SBK customers, if you haven't got involved yet in this offer or with Royal Ascot Punting, then new customers get 30 pounds in free bets when you deposit 10 pounds. T's and C's do apply, so make sure you read those. We'll be back again tomorrow for a review of day two and a preview of day three. Hopefully we'll be celebrating Bay Bridge's victory. Until then, be lucky.